Hey everybody, you're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Today we're sharing a message from our latest series. We believe the Word of God in Scripture is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website, poemachurch.ca. I hope you brought your seatbelts this morning. Uh, I'm excited for the next five hours of what God has prepared. Hopefully you don't have too many dinner plans. Tonight, honestly, uh, if I'm just being completely honest, God gave me like three different messages this week. And I wrote three different messages down and I didn't know which one was going to be what. So here we are in week two and... Uh, It was so awesome to hear Pastor Josh kick off our Wilderness Series last week. If you enjoyed him last week, why don't you just give him a round of applause. I missed my notes, so kids, you are dismissed. I made it in blue, and somehow I still missed it. But we are in week two of a series that we are calling The Wilderness. Everybody say The Wilderness. Now, have you ever felt a moment where you have felt abandoned? Have you ever felt a moment where you have felt alone? Come on, we've all been there. Now, if you don't know much about me, uh, I went to public school, but my mom decided that it was wise of her to homeschool me for kindergarten or for preschool. And so she did that. She homeschooled me my first year, and then she sent me uh, to school grade one. So I was a young little lad with a head full of hair, and she sent me to school my first day, and so I had a great first day of school. She sent me on the bus. I think she was a little worried, as Christian parents tend to be overly protective. She was a little worried, and so I went to school. I had a good day, but about uh, 25 minutes before the bus uh, came at the end of the day, I heard my name, Matthew Shuttlesworth, please come to the office. And so I came to the office, and I sat in the office. And when I sat in the office, after about 15 minutes as a young man, I began to wonder, why am I sitting in the office? Because I'm sitting here, and I watch everyone on my bus go and get on the bus, and the bus leave. And I'm still sitting in the office because they called my name. And so about 15, 20 minutes later, I'm still sitting in the office. All the buses have left. Now my mom is at the other end of the bus stop, and I'm not getting off the bus. Because what happened was we didn't realize until day one of school that I wasn't the only Matthew Shuttlesworth in the school. (laughs) What are the odds of that? So when they called Matthew Shuttlesworth to the office, they were calling the other Matthew Shuttlesworth to the office to come get picked up to go home with his mom. And so 50 minutes later, they wondered why I was still sitting in the office. And my mom had called and said, where is my son? He's not on the bus. This is his first day of school. He's homeschooled. He doesn't know what he's doing. 
And so in that moment, for about that hour period as a young boy in grade one, I felt abandoned. I felt alone. I felt like no one was coming for me. And it scarred me for the rest of my life. But how many has ever felt a moment like that where you felt abandoned, you felt alone, you felt like someone forgot you? Can we just take a moment? I want to show you a video that I think perfectly illustrates what we're going to talk about today. So check this out. Everybody has a hero. Okay. Come on. Mine's my dad. Yes, I can. Since mom died, it's only been us. He has a way of filling my life with color. Dad. Yeah. Which one? Sometimes I don't understand his advice, but I trust him. And what always brought us together was our love for running. Oh. <laughs> My dad thinks he's faster than me. But I won't stop training. One day, I'll be faster than him. And when I am, I'm going to win every marathon in the world. Debbie? At least that was my plan. Debbie? What's wrong, champ? I'm losing my sight. Read to me the lowest level that you can see. What is called is interocular melanoma. Eye cancer. Unfortunately, you will lose your vision. It was the worst day of my life. Dad? I thought he would be there for me. Dad! Winky, winky. We gonna run, champ? I guess I was wrong. <laughs> he abandoned me. Where are you, Dad? Where did you go? Does he not love me anymore? Am I still beautiful? Is he no longer proud of me? How could you leave me when I need you the most? Dad? Dad? Dad, why did you leave me? I need you. Abby thinks I've left her. And as much as it pains me to hear that, she's right. I've left her. The best that we can do is save the actual eyes so that cosmetically she doesn't lose them. That's my girl. That's my girl. That's my little girl. There's support groups, and I know this is a very difficult time. I've left her to realize she's more courageous than she ever imagined. 
I've left her to discover how beautiful she is from the inside out. I've left her to challenge herself in ways she never considered. I've left her to discover how strong she really is. me, baby. Why did you leave me? I was right here. I was always here. Where did you go? I was always here, baby. far you've come. My dad says he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. You ready? Yep. Folks, what we're seeing here is amazing. This is a testament of true love. Love is allowing someone to see their true worth and beauty. I used to think my dreams were over. I thought I'd never run again. And even though I can't see my dad, I know he's guiding me the entire way. What a beautiful picture of what the wilderness season looks like. Do we ever wonder why we're going through all these moments? We feel like we're alone. Do we ever wonder why we're going through these moments feeling abandoned? Do we ever wonder why we're going through these moments being, feeling like we're alone? I wish my message today could be titled, How to Never Go Through the Wilderness. But what I've realized in my entire life and going through the short 38 years that I've been on this earth is that the wilderness is necessary. The wilderness is important. I've learned that God wants to do something great in me, so first he must to do something great inside of me. He wants to do something great through me, so he must to do something great inside of me first. But he can only do that in the wilderness. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Today, if you are in a wilderness place in your life, you may find it in this moment more puzzle than purpose. God, where are you? You seem like you're distant. You seem missing in this moment, you might feel overwhelmed and confused. God, where are you? You might find yourself questioning your wisdom. Did I make the right choices? But then you go on questioning God's wisdom. 
Is God really in this moment? Is he really in this circumstance? Is he really in my situation? Today, I can tell you that the wilderness is not easy, but it is necessary. It is necessary. And I can tell you this from experience because the last year and a half of my life and my wife's life has been a wilderness season. It has been a moment where we've lost family, where we've lost friends, where we've lost different things in our lives. It's actually been probably the toughest season in my 38 years of existence. But because we've gone through the wilderness season, because we had Pastor Dave and Pastor Shannon, because we had friends around us, because we have such a close-knit community, we've actually become stronger in the wilderness season. Our church has become stronger. My marriage has become stronger. Our family has become stronger because we've personally drawn closer to God in this season. See, the wilderness season, if you allow it, will make you stronger, just like the girl in the story. She didn't think her father was there, but he was there all along in the waiting. He was there all along helping and guiding to make her stronger so that when he wasn't around any longer, she could still move forward in her life. The wilderness season, if you allow it, will make you stronger. It'll be stronger for your relationships. It'll be stronger in what you believe and what you stand on. It'll make you stronger in your, even your personal relationships. I often think of boot camp in the military. Does everybody know what boot camp is? Personal training, they call it PT. I found this definition and I thought it was so perfect. It says this, boot camp prepares recruits for all elements of service, physical, mental, and emotional. It gives service members the tools necessary to perform the roles that will be assigned to them for the duration of their tour. Can I read this to you again this way? The wilderness prepares believers for all elements of their walk. Physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional. It gives believers the tools necessary to perform the things that God has assigned to them for the duration of their time on this earth. When we look at the wilderness all throughout the Bible, it is portrayed as a place of struggle. It is uh, portrayed as a place of conflict. It is portrayed as a place of hardship. And in our lives and in our culture, we've been told so often over the last number of years, and we've seen the negative things that people see about this world. But we don't tend to see the purpose. Can I challenge you today that we need to stop seeing things in a negative light and start seeing things through the lens of positivity, through the lens of purpose. I've been around a lot of negative people over my lifetime. I've decided to not be around negative people for the rest of my lifetime. <laughs> because what happens when you're around a person that sees the negative of everything? It changes the room. It changes the atmosphere. It changes when they walk in the door, you go the other direction. 
Because the atmosphere changes. A long time ago, I chose in my personal life to see the possibility of the purpose. The possibility of the purpose, the positivity of the things that are going on. You say, well, I might be going through a lot, but guess what? I made it to church this morning. I might be walking through the wilderness, but I'm here to worship God. I might be going through it. My family might be falling apart, but I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to praise God. We have to see the positive instead of focusing on the negative. Even amidst the pain, I know God is with me. If I can't see him, I'm going to praise him anyway. If I can't feel him, I'm still going to lift my voice, knowing that he's there. It is our choice. It is my choice to see the possibility in the purpose. See, when we see the children of Israel, while they were in the middle of the wilderness, or the term that we read there is desert, that word desert comes from a Hebrew word that is midbar. Can say midbar. It means, sorry, it comes from another word, which this one I might butcher, so please bear with me. Lahadbar, which means to pasture one's flock. So that term desert comes from this other word, which means to pasture one's flock. And what this is, is this is what happens when a shepherd takes his flock from the city or from the land that they live to the countryside to feed them for a season. It's not a wasteland as we would go on to believe it to be, but it is an unsettled area with sufficient amount of vegetation for the season that they are going into. This is what this desert place looks like where God takes his flock. He takes his flock to this desert place, this place that has enough to to sustain them for the season that they are about to go into and what they are going through, preparing them for the entry into the promised land. See, we have to understand this. There is this sense when we look at these terms and when we look at these words, there is this sense of forward momentum not simply just plopping down and staying in a desolate place, but there is a forward momentum, but rather a moving from to something else. See, when we understand the purpose of the wilderness, it should change the way that we behave. It should change the way that we act when we're going through the trials, when we're going through the situations. See, the children of Israel, as you read it, they were there for 40 years. It was only supposed to be a year. But they didn't understand the purpose right away. So they behaved incorrectly. What was supposed to take a year ended up taking a lifetime. See, when it comes to the wilderness seasons of our lives, we have two choices. We have two choices as we're walking through the wilderness. The wilderness has the potential to put us in the ground... Or the wilderness has the potential to push us forward into our future. And we have to understand that when we're walking through it, it has the potential to do both. We have to understand that in this moment, not everyone made it out of this wilderness season. They were there for 40 years. That's just two years shy of my entire existence. Some people didn't make it out of the wilderness, but then some generations were born into the wilderness, and that's all they knew. Just like some kids over the last three years, all they knew about school was masks and no touching and six feet apart. 
They didn't know how to act. They didn't know how to interact. They didn't know how to socialize. In fact, they're actually finding that people are having, kids are having speech impediments because they've had to talk through masks for the last three years. And now we're having to retrain because of the situation. So there could have been a generation that has died off. There could have been a generation that was born in the wilderness and that's all they knew. They didn't understand the purpose in that moment was to prepare them for the promised land that was to come. But the only way to the promised land was through the wilderness. There was no bypass in that moment. The only way to get to the promised land was through the middle. So why do we go through the wilderness? Can I give you three things today why we go through the wilderness? If you're taking notes, if you remember everything you hear and read, God bless you. Can I have just 10% of that? Number one is this. The wilderness is a place of separation. Everybody say separation. Second Corinthians 6 verses 17 says, Come out from among them and be separate. Called out of the world and into the what? The wilderness. They were called into the wilderness. The Israelites in this moment were required to walk into a physical wilderness. Away from the civilization of Egypt and the influences that the society had on them. In the same way that our spiritual journey, this journey that we are on through the wilderness requires us to separate ourselves from this messed up chaotic world. A world that says we want to be unified but then turns the next day and says we're not unified because you believe this and I believe this. If you've seen it in the last three days all over social media, the people that fought for unity are now fighting for division. They were required to walk through this physical wilderness, but those who have been fighting are now drawing lines of separation. See, this is a call to consciously leave behind the norms and the pulls of society and the influence that it has on us. Once the Israelites passed through, they were officially out of Egypt and they were in to the wilderness. Now, they might have not been physically free in this moment, but they still carried the thoughts of where they came from. They still had the idea, ideology. They still had the thoughts of the place that they came from on the inside of them. And they needed to create a separation. Israel's situation is a good analogy for our journey in this wilderness season that we can be on of this life. We must be careful not to fall for the same tendencies, not to fall for the same challenges, not to fall for the same mindsets that the world is telling us is right. So they saw how God destroyed the Egyptians and brought them out of slavery in this moment. And probably in this moment, as I could picture it, and I like to picture things in the way that guys like to picture things, they were probably high-fiving each other in this moment, kind of partying, thinking how easy it will be from now on that the Egyptians, God had destroyed, destroyed the Egyptians and brought them out of slavery. But they were blind to how much of the world they were still carrying on the inside of them. 
But just like Israel, whether sometimes we realize it or not, we are carrying pieces of this carnal world in our hearts and in our mind. Carrying thoughts and ideologies. And we've so been culturalized to the things of this world that we forget what the word of God, which we're supposed to be standing on, says. But just like Israel, we wonder sometimes and we realize it or not, we are carrying pieces inside of us. Now, John calls this, he calls this the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We see that in 1 John 2. But we see going on into Hebrews 11, 13 to 16, it says, And truly, if they had called to mind or remembered, or given mental real estate to that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return or to turn back. Regardless of the comfort, it can sometimes... Let me say this. Regardless of the comfort of going back, of turning back, going back to what was comfortable, going back to what was normal, going back to what felt comfortable. Regardless of the comfort, it can sometimes bring those don't go back moments, those moments that we want to come back or come back to because we were comfortable in them. But the world that we are in is always trying to call us Back. It's always trying to call us back to what we came from. It's always trying to call us back to the situations that we were in. And we have to understand that we must spend every day of our journey in the wilderness trying to find God. Trying to find Him in those moments. Trying to find Him in those situations. Asking the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in what we are to do next. And we have to recognize that we cannot do this on our own. That we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit working in us to fight the pull of this world. Paul tells us, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 12, 2, Paul tells us, he says, not to be conformed or fashioned like or shaped by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What I love about that is that it's a constant it's not a one-time thing. I got saved and that's the end. It's a constant renewing. It's a daily renewing. It's something that has to happen continually, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. It's a continually happening. Number two is this. The wilderness is a place of preparation. Everybody say preparation. Deuteronomy 8.2, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God led you all the way through, or led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. Everybody say, humble and test. Humble and test. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commands or not. See, the wilderness can be a place of preparation intended to develop humility and intended to mature us spiritually in this walk. To teach us to fully rely on God to provide. Do you believe he's your provider today? 
Come on, we just walked through that in this season. And again, Psalm 23, he is our provider. He is our sustainer. No matter what we're going through, he will make it. He will help us get through the other side. Now, why is humility important? God gives grace to the humble, James 4 and 6. But here's what we have to understand, that pride closes the door to spiritual growth. But humility opens the door of your life to more of God's grace. To the humble, God gives patience. He gives peace. He gives gentleness. But the fruit of the Spirit grows in the soil of humility. Humility is the key to our spiritual growth, to our spiritual maturity. And we need grace to be able to walk like Jesus. Because grace empowers us to do what we can't do in our own ability. Deuteronomy 29, five verse, uh, verses 5 and 6, it says, I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes has not worn out on you. Come on, can somebody say, God, just bring me some clothes that won't wear out for 40 years. They might be out of fashion, but they're still holding strong. He said, I've led you for 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. And your Air Jordans have not worn out on your feet. Sandals. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or strong drink in order that you might know that I am the Lord, your God. See, the wilderness is a place where God reveals more of himself helping us develop a deeper and a more intimate trust in him. Maybe you recently lost a job. Maybe you recently got laid off during the course of this last season. And you say, well, I've applied for all these jobs and no one seems to be hiring me. Everyone's hiring, but no one seems to be hiring me. Do you still trust God? Even though 40 resumes later and eight weeks later, you still haven't gotten a job. Do you still trust him in what you're walking through? Do you still trust him in what you're going through? Maybe you just walked through a physical setback. Maybe you just walked through a season that took the life out of you, that took, uh, uh, that took energy and strength from you. And you were always the strong one in your family. You were always the one that could make it through, but the season that you just walked through nearly took you out. You have nothing left to give. You feel like you're done fighting. But do we recognize in these moments that our strength is not in this flesh suit? Our strength comes from Him. Our strength Our life is in Him. Maybe you're going through a situation and your joy is gone. You're wondering, why am I stuck in this wilderness? Why do I feel abandoned? Why do I feel alone? Why do I feel left? My joy is gone. I don't want to wake up any longer. I just want to sleep. I don't feel like eating. Your joy is gone. I love James 1, 2 through 4. It says, consider it pure joy. Everybody say pure joy. 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But then it goes on, and I love this, because I could just end right there, and we could just end this whole thing. Let perseverance finish, finish its work so that you may be more what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's a season of preparation. The wilderness that we walk through is a season of preparation. It's preparing us for the promised land. It's preparing us for what is to come. And you will not lack anything if you persevere and let it finish its work. Mature you, complete you. May we remember that the experience that we experiences that we are going through, the experiences that we've gone through, the experiences that might come are critical to us being able to reach for what God has for us, the plans that He has for us, the things that are coming down the road. We don't know what those things are. We don't know what they are. I, don't, I didn't know that I, my family would go through the struggle that we went through. I didn't know. But guess what? I also don't know what's on the other side. And I also don't know who's going to need to hear that story. I also don't know who I'm going to have to walk through a situation just like that. I don't know. And so we have to trust God. In this, the place of preparation number three is this. The wilderness is a place of revelation. Everybody say revelation. Exodus 19 verses two through six. Says in the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt on that very day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai when they set out from Rahab. Raphadim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. I love camping. I was going to tell a story of Pastor Dave today, but I, I cut it for time. Let me just tell it because we're, we're... Come on, I know you want to hear it. My first ever camping experience with Pastor Dave was one I will never forget. I was a young lad, again, pretty similar to Liam down here, maybe not as tall, but skinny. And Pastor Dave decided that he was going to take us on one of my grandfather's favorite routes. What I didn't know was that I was going to be paddling for about 120 kilometers over the course of eight days. And so the trip that almost killed me. I'm still thankful that I have arms today because they were pretty much falling off by the end of that trip. The trip that almost killed me prepared me for my love of camping and taking trips just like that now. Now, I don't go as hard as Pastor Dave does. Pastor Dave goes hard. I like to be a little more leisurely 
Instead of going to eight camping spots, I go to two. Instead of paddling 120K, I paddle 20. (laughs) I love camping. But had I not gone on the trip of death, it wouldn't have prepared me for my love of walking through the wilderness season. Because the wilderness season can be hard. It can be challenging. It can be trying. But when you understand the purpose, you can find rest. You can find peace. Knowing that God is with you. That's my story, but I'm going to finish this. And they camped out in front of the mountains. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountains, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how and how bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice. Come on, wait. may we recognize his voice. May we turn off the voices of this world and recognize his voice again. If you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Do you see why God brought them to the wilderness? Why he called them to the wilderness. He brought them into the wilderness to bring them to himself. Why do you suppose God brings you to himself? When Jesus called the disciples in this moment, he called unto him the twelve. And why did he call them? He called them to give them an assignment. He called them to give them their purpose. He called them to give them what was next, but the preparation for that assignment came out of being with him. Mark 3, 14, then he appointed 12. He appointed them, he called them, he called the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Part of the preparation for what God wants you to do will grow out of a revelation of himself that he gives to you. See, for most of us, the only place that we can be ready to receive the revelation is in the middle of the wilderness. It's in the middle of what we're walking through. Because the wilderness is where God separates us from what we have learned to lean on in this world. The wilderness is the place that he firms up our relationship, that he strengthens this walk so that we can see that we need to lean on him alone. Where are you right now? Do you feel alone? Do you feel abandoned through what you're walking through? Can I be honest with you? I know how you feel. I've been through a wilderness. 
I'm still walking out of a wilderness myself. Just because I'm a pastor, just because I lead people doesn't mean I don't go through wildernesses. We will all go through some wilderness in our life. Whether it's mentally, whether it's physically, spiritually, we will go through some sort of wilderness. But I've felt alone. I've felt discouraged. I've felt like giving up. I've felt like, God, where are you? Where are you in the middle of this? I don't see you. I don't feel you. I don't hear you. Where are you? But I've come to understand that the wilderness was the place of God's presence. It was the way to get to the promised land. It was the way to get the revelation of who he was and that I needed not to trust in this world. I needed not to trust in my bank account. I needed not to trust in my career, but I needed to trust in him alone. Maybe you're in the wilderness and maybe you're angry at God. Maybe you considered abandoning him because you don't see him. You don't feel him. You don't. Sometimes God takes us to the wilderness not only to show us himself, but to show us ourselves. To show us this. This heart. To reveal to us what's inside of us. He doesn't need to see our heart. He sees our heart. He needs us to see us. He needs us to see our heart. He needs us to see what's on the inside of us, deep down that we don't know is buried there. The truth about who we are and how we trust God surfaces in the wilderness. Why do you suppose God takes you into the wilderness to show you yourself? He shows you yourself so that you can recognize that you're a sinner in need of a savior. In the middle of and in the spirit of rebellion in the people of Israel, year after year after year after year, he still remained faithful. He still fed them. He gave them water for their thirst. He gave them bread daily. He guided them on their journey. He never left them through what they were going through. In the middle of their rebellion, in the middle of how they handled their situation, in the middle of how they handled the wilderness, he was still right there with them, just like the father in the story. She couldn't see him. She couldn't feel him. She couldn't hear him. But he was there all alone. When we're going through it, we tend to ask the question, God, did I do something to put myself in this position? God, are you punishing me for something? Why am I walking through this? Why am I at the end of my rope? Why? Are you abandoning me? Are you putting me on the shelf for later? Can I tell you something today? If you leave with nothing else, God is not punishing you. He loves you. He cares for you. He is preparing you for what is to come.
And although you don't feel him, maybe sometimes, although you don't see him, maybe sometimes, although you don't hear him, maybe sometimes. And if you remember from a few weeks ago, I told the story. I didn't feel him when I was at that pastor's gathering. I didn't feel him, but I never gave up knowing that he was right there beside me. And in my moment of pursuit and in my moment of pressing in, even when I felt like giving up, even if I felt like everyone else got it, I'm glad I'm here, great. I pressed in, I pressed in, I pressed in, and I told you the story. When I began to kneel on my knees in the middle of the worship service at the end, I began to pray in the spirit, and I felt nothing. I continued to pray, and I still felt nothing. But it was in my moment of perseverance, it was in my moment of pressing in, even through all the times where I felt like you look ridiculous, that God showed up. And he began to put this house and your faces on my heart. He began to put Hamilton and their faces on their, my heart. And he began to put this city and he began to put Hamilton and he began to put this province and he began to put this country on my heart in such a compassionate way. God has not abandoned you, even when you don't see him. He is not saving you for later. He is preparing you for what is to come. How are you going to handle the wilderness? Are you going to behave properly? Are you going to trust that he is our source, that he is our strength? Are you going to try to do it on your own and maybe end up like some of those that never made it out? Or are you going to allow it to push you into your future, to position you to the place that he has for you? Can I pray for you today? God, we just thank you so much. That even in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear evil. We know that you are with us. Through every trial, through every trouble, through every situation, through every thought that comes through our head that we know is not from you. That we trust that you are right there with us. That we trust that you are our source, that you are our guide, that you see what we're walking through. And you protect us. So God, I just thank you for every person that is here today. Through every wilderness season that we either just came out of or that we're walking into. Lord, that you will be with us. And that you are preparing us for the promised land. You are preparing us for what is coming. You are preparing us in this season. I don't know whether you're watching online. I don't know whether you're in this room, but I just feel like telling someone your season's not over. It's not over. But keep walking. Keep pressing in. Because he's right there with you. He's behind you. He's got you. Don't give up. Don't back down. Don't call it quits. 
He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your sweet presence in this place. We seal this word today and we call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website, poemachurch.ca.